Yeah, I, I was raised in an Asian family where frugality is very encouraged. And then my aunt is very good with money. She came here to the United States by herself. She's a single person. She doesn't make much money, but she was able to buy a home mm-hmm. and then retire uh, well. So so it really has nothing to do with, your, with how much guess? money you yeah. make. It's mm-hmm. like, how well do you manage your money? You're listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast with award-winning digital strategist, author, speaker, and personal branding expert, Francine Bellaghi. Francine is on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs to position themselves as an authority in their industry, attract their ideal clients, and impact millions of people globally. Looking to redefine the life you want to live and your best life now? Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. The place to be to hear inspirational stories of thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and Francine herself with practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life. Make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. I am your host, Francine Belay, and I'm really thrilled to bring this brand new season seven on Money Mindset, a Habit, where money savvy experts from across the world are going to tell all about their own experience with money issues and also how they have decided to make their mission to help others to master their money habit and live a prosperous life. Well, today I'm excited to have on the show Christine Tay. She is a personal finance coach and she helps working professionals get their finance in order. She quit her job to become a full-time personal financial coach, and uh, but it took her nearly a month to hand over his resignation because she was terrified to take the leap as she didn't know if she will be earning enough income to cover her living expenses. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Yeah. Hi, Francine. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate this. So I'm very excited to be on your podcast. I'm excited to have you too, Christine. So tell us in your own words what you currently do. Yeah. So I'm a personal finance money coach. So what I do is I help transform people's relationship with money because end of the day, you know, it's how well and healthy your relationship is with money that will get, give you long lasting happiness. It's the same thing with food, right? If you have a good relationship with food, then chances are you are eating healthily. So same concept with money. <laughs> I love that. I love that uh, analogy with healthy food and healthy mm-hmm. money, and they, it goes so well to uh, in um, together. So, tell me, what's your purpose in life? If you have figured it out already. Oh my God, I I love that I'm doing this. Like I feel so, so fortunate to be doing what I love. I love being my own boss, first of all, and then you know, second, I I. I love what I do. I'm, I'm passionate about money. I feel like it's my pers- purpose. It's my gift. Because some people become money coaches because they've had a bad background or whatever, uh, you know, whatever experience with money, they get out there. But, but I've always been very good with money. So I feel like it has always been my gift. 
So now it's, it's time for me to share my gift with the world. So I feel this is my purpose. I just shine and I just, I just love talking about money. And I'm talking about individual finances, you know, like couples or whatever. It's personal finance, not like corporate finance. Whatever. I have worked there and then it wasn't as satisfying as doing what I do. Exactly. What were you doing before doing uh, just living oh. your, your, your job? Oh, God. Okay. So I'm, I'm Chinese. I was born and raised in the Philippines, another country. So I lived there for 20 years. I moved here to United States when I was 20. So I started as a data entry because I didn't have an uh, undergrad. Then I finished my undergrad in computer science because I didn't know what to major in. <laughs> then I was in data analytics for at least 10 years. Then I'm like, oh, you know, like you're just going with the, you're just working so you can live a life out, outside of work. So nine to five after five o'clock, then you're doing what you're doing. Like I was literally like not home because I was single. I was doing whatever I want. Like I was trying all kinds of hobbies. So I was never home. So you didn't really think so much about your career. But after a while, after almost 10 years and you're like, is this what I want to do forever? Like, I don't want to just like drag myself to work. Like, you know, you go to corporate, like you always hear people say on the elevator, like they always ask, oh, how was your weekend? It's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm recovered. No, I can't wait for Friday. So it's like people just live for Friday. And then I'm like, it's so depressing to hear that. It's like, <laughs> I never, I rarely, I ne actually never hear people on like, uh, come to the elevator say, yes, yeah, awesome. I can't wait to start working and be on my desk again. <laughs> so mm -hmm. so you, don't, you don't hear that, right? So, so yeah, I am. Um, I really enjoy what I'm, I'm like so grateful that um you know I'm doing this and then so I was doing data analytics and I switched to corporate finance and I still didn't love what I do and it's just different like individual finance and I'm like you know what last year I finally told myself I'm gonna give this a shot I'm gonna try to be an entrepreneur so I create a exit strategy like you know I make sure that I have a good enough retirement you know like I, it's not gonna affect my retirement so much so I'm still okay if, even if I'm not profitable so worst case scenario like you know what if I'm not profitable whatever so I'll give it my all for a year I have enough savings and stuff like that but luckily I have been profitable since uh, month one so I've yeah. been very very lucky and yeah. I just don't see myself going back to corporate and I, I'm also a very spiritual person I I believe in the law of attraction the law of abundance so it's like you attract you know what you uh, as long as you focus on like giving service and then you have this abundant mentality then you know clients just come to you I'm not so worried like clients come to me and I've always been profitable I'm not so worried about that. Like I just focus on giving value, giving value on like LinkedIn, social media, Instagram, and then clients just, just usually just come to me. That's yeah. awesome. We're going to come back to it. Uh, yeah. uh, to this. Uh, uh, before we do that, tell mm -hmm. me what is one thing that people don't know about you, Christine? Um, I share so much on social media. So people, people follow me, they kind of know a lot about me. But for people who hasn't followed me a lot, so I mean, I'm very, I'm very spiritual. So I, I, um, I, you know, I, I, I love like, you know, doing all that stuff. I, I take a lot of meditation, spiritual classes. So I was doing tarot. I, I, I even have this tarot, angel tarot card. So I, I'm kind of into that. Sometimes I do reading for fun. You know, I'm not going to do this for a livelihood, but I do it for fun. I read, I, I sometimes read for my friends, people, if they want me to, and I read for myself. So I think that's like one little thing that uh, people 
I don't normally share so much of that on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so actually, yes, I read also that when you left your job, you went mm -hmm. on to really cut your living expenses as much mm -hmm. as you could and um, even say that, um, you know, uh, you had also big support from your online community and uh, mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. Um, and also you received great advice that changed your perspective on your pricing structure and your mindset. Yes. Can you exactly. tell me what do you have you know what have you changed specifically first of all in your pricing we'll come to the mindset later yeah sure 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 so i started on um, my business september 2016 part-time i've had always had a full-time job and then so um yeah i i was literally you know because i don't have a need to make so much money to begin with my focus was like i want to try it out i want to see if i like it and stuff like that so so i was offering very low i probably initially offered like a hundred dollars per session it was like pretty much a paper session i don't know i forgot what it was and then if you buy three package you know it was like one session or three package it was cheaper for three package it was like really low people who bought my package at that time was uh, got a really really great deal mm -hmm. so like over time like it was just it was just hanging around that and then finally after two years like I know I can't survive on doing pay per session because you literally like I would need a lot of clients per month and I, it was just not a business model that's survivable, you know? So I, I, I talked to people and then like, you know, I, I needed to have a package model. So, so, so that's why my, my one session is, is relatively very high because then it's more to encourage people, you know, they need a package session. It's hard for me to help people in just one session unless it's just really quick question. Like, you know, they want someone to run their budget around the house and that's fine. But for like, a, like um, you know, to work on your budgeting, your money mindset, like it usually requires four to eight sessions, at least minimum, depending on where the person's at. So it's all by packaging now. So before I was paper session, you know, people can just come to me and then they just pay by the session so it's not gonna work if you're gonna have a business you you need a, a package deal pretty much so that way because i have packages and i really only need like you know um a minimum four to five client new clients a month but usually i mean i always meet that minimum you know it, it's very easy for me to get that but but what i'm saying is that we profit but i don't need too many clients and i don't want too many clients and plus like that's why you have this abundant mentality because there's plenty for everyone. I mean, if you think about it, I'm like, yeah, like there's plenty of people to help out with their finances. What is your strategy uh, then uh, to have, um, to get your client um, that you have each month? Do you have, uh, can you share some of your strategies? Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so initially, um, when I was uh, working full time, most of my clients come from Yelp. So, in my in my country, my area, Yelp is very popular. Like, it's like it's a re it's a website for reviews. You know, people post their reviews uh, mainly like around like uh, restaurants, whatever. But any services business, if you're on there, people will find you. Especially in my area, people will find you. So, so Yelp was a big thing. Then what? Then uh, when I quit my job, I knew I have to be on social media. That's where I got into LinkedIn because I'm like, yeah, my, my clients, like I want, I like working with working professionals. Where did they hang out? I mean, they hang out everywhere, right? But then like LinkedIn is more for the professional platform. I said, yeah. wow, this is perfect. So I gave it my all starting October of last year. So I started 3000 followers and then like, you know, I just started being very active there and it just, the platform just clicked with me. I just get it. I'm like, 
oh, this is such a cool platform. I just like, it just grew, you know, I met so many people there, then my brand grew. So now I'm at 62,000 followers. So, wow, so it took that me, amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it took me a couple of months, but it was a lot of work. Like I, you know, people think that it's easy to grow followers. It's not, no, you, you it's have, not. you have to nurture your audience. You have to nurture your relationship. You have to create good content. So yeah. it's a lot of work, but yeah. it's worth it for me. I, yeah. I, I love that platform. That's yeah. like my niche, my main platform go to. I know. Yes. I love yeah. also LinkedIn. One of the things that I want to ask, do you accept every single person as connection or do you kind of, um, you know, um, you know, filter to people, mm -hmm. maybe potential, um, you know, uh, people that you love? Sure. Yeah, that's actually uh, one of the frequently asked questions, and I covered that in my LinkedIn course. If people don't know, I also have a LinkedIn course. So I didn't come on LinkedIn to be a LinkedIn coach or, or uh, you know, whatever, right? But I just grew so much, and people just started asking me questions. So I said, you know what? I could offer this as a service. So it's kind of my side thing. I do offer that service, and, and I create a course so it's cheaper for people so they can learn everything I know. But yeah, so answer your question. Um, Yeah, so you, okay. So even if the person is not the target market, let's say maybe they're in a country that who will never ever buy your services, right? But do you, I mean, who do you think they're connected to? Do you know who they're connected to? So with LinkedIn algorithm, like, you know, like if they um, comment on your posts and you connect it and then like, then their followers can actually see your posts. So who knows their connections or followers might be some of your target audience so i never you know i never dismiss anyone i think each connection each followers are valuable to me the only time like i accept everyone and the only time i disconnect or block them when you know they start sending me weird messages like you know it's some people like are confused that if, if linkedin is a match.com or a dating <laughs> site and then and some of them like like to sell bitcoin forex so so like you know like i, I accept i give everyone the shadow it's of a doubt and until yeah. yeah till they message me stupid things or they yeah, comment exactly. stupid stuff then that's the time i'll disconnect yeah. with them yeah. i mean like yeah, yeah it, it there's no i mean like i sh i have control of what i share yeah. yeah so i'm not worried like whatever they see i mean it, it's public information so yeah. there's really no whatever confidential information or security issue in terms yeah. of that so yeah, yeah yeah so i love your approach because i also have that uh, kind of same approach actually i do accept mm -hmm. people and then mm -hmm. i give them the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. unless they are dodgy in the first place that you can see yeah uh, and <laughs> and uh yes and then after you just uh again if they send you uh, on um unsavory kind of message you just yep. kind of disconnect them <laughs> Uh, hi beautiful oh you have such a most beautiful picture are you single where are you from and then like and then i'm like oh and sometimes like when i'm in the mood like i just make fun of them like you know like suddenly they message oh where are you from and then i said well in the universe where people read their profile <laughs> like it's literally like my my location is in my profile if anyone doesn't know where san francisco bay area is and i don't know what universe you're from <laughs> exactly exactly tell me christine you say that actually um you didn't have like money problem because i've interviewed quite a few other people and then most people come from mm -hmm. except for one other person actually who didn't mm -hmm. have these kind of money issues uh but people come with um you know in life with lots of issues and baggage with money where does that come from is this something that in your family mm -hmm. did you uh, use uh, with your parents to talk about mm -hmm. money where do you think that your belief uh mm -hmm. around money come from yeah so um 
Well, I, I have other traumas in life, just not about money. But with money, I, I feel I, I was pretty lucky. And also um, my upbringing. So, yeah, I, I was raised in an Asian family where frugality is very encouraged. And then my aunt is very good with money. She came here to the United States by herself. She's a single person. She doesn't make much money, but she was able to buy a home mm. and then retire uh, well. So so it really has nothing to do with your with how much guess. money you yeah. make. It's mm. like, how well do you manage your money? So yeah, and then and my mom was very good. Actually, my dad was a spender. So actually, my dad <laughs> did influence me to be better with my money because I saw my dad, he had a business, he went bankrupt, he was not good with his health, he passed away when he was only in his 40s. So, so a lot of the things like I, like uh, what happened to him taught me mm. about what I don't want to become. And then what I don't want my partner to be too. So, so I mean, yeah, there was a lot of my stuff from my upbringing. Also, like, yeah, I just had like my, my aunt teach me well. She had me started on my retirement plan when I was only 20 years old. And Roth IRA in the United States, Roth IRA is a good thing. And then so, and then and then my mom has, was always saving for us already. So if it wasn't for my mom, we would not have any savings because my dad was not good with his money. So my mom kind of like, if there's any little money comes in, she will actually save for us. So I really appreciate my mom on that. And then, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know, like, I think in our family, there was nobody really who's a spender. It's just my dad. Most people were actually pretty good. I think it's also the Asian culture, mostly. I'm not saying anyone, um, uh, but generally, like, in our culture, we're, we're very frugal. We, we value money. And then, um, you know, we're not about spending. There's, in Philippines, there's no credit card as well. Uh-huh. So you only like when when I left in two thousand, it was still very cash based. Even now, like even in Asia, like Japan, like some A- Taiwan, like it, most Asian countries, is still very uh, cash focused. Mm. They don't like using credit cards. Mm-hmm. So when you're cash, you only spend what you have, you right? Guys, yes, of course. Credit card, like in this country, United States, like. It's so easy. You have a whatever two thousand dollar credit limit. Oh yeah, sure, sure. And then what's the minimum payment to pay? Twenty five dollars. It's okay. Just pay twenty five dollars. Of course, they want to encourage you to pay minimum, course, right? Then, yes, then you'll never days. pay off yeah. your debt. Yeah. Mm. So it, it's just the way the country is set up. It's like mm. if they give you credit card easily, then they're gonna think, oh, I don't, I can just spend even money that I I never made yet. So mm-hmm. they just make it so easy. And then like, and it's very sad because like you're just never taught that in school. And then most of my clients there, they came from an upbringing where their parents are also not very good with money. If you're mm-hmm. not taught at home, not taught in schools, yeah, where are you going to learn? <laughs> I mean, seriously, where are you going to learn? So that's why I feel sad. I, I really hope that it will change that there will be financial literacy in school. I think like it should get started even like middle school. Like just, just start with like pluses and minus. Okay, if you're given allowance, what should you do? Just just start getting that concept. But it, it feels like they're at their own mercy or like, you know, if they don't have parents and they're going to have to learn that on their own. And it's just yeah. very sad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sad because as you say, you know, if you don't learn it too, if you're parent and you don't learn in a school where is you going to learn it so you're just going yeah. to go through this whole credit that is you know a craziness just looking at your friends and they are spending habits and get inside yourself yeah. and um you know yes uh, finding yourself with massive debt that you can get out of <laughs> yep. 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 yeah so that's um that's really uh interesting of course um so um tell me uh christine what would you say is one of the toughest moments that you may have encountered perhaps during this entrepreneurial life it looked like you know everything is like penciling you haven't got much um, um you know um challenge but can you think of a moment in your life where you went to the rock bottom 
then you finally find your way and say, this can't not go on anymore and I have to change the course of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I only had one biggest money mistake and I actually wrote an article there. But other than that, no, I've been very happy with uh, how my finances have gone so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, my biggest mistake was actually when the housing market crashed in 20, uh, 2008, uh, whatever. So so I um, I <laughs> I stupidly bought a home I don't know, in, in to that when the market was high and then it tanked. And then I saw a short sale it during that time when it tanked. So I, I, I lost quite a bit of money. I mean, if I, if I had someone to talk to, a financial coach, like I, if, if, if I can talk to myself going I back time, then yes. in 2008, I would have told my younger self to hold on to do not, especially about uh, the amount of money you put there. But it was sad. I didn't have anyone to talk to. And then my realtor, I think he was just so focused on short selling my place because he had the buyers. He was getting money mm-hmm. from me and also the buyer. And then mm-hmm. I, I didn't know the concept. I didn't know about financial coach or money coaches. I didn't know anything about that. I started my business in 2016. So that was like 80 years before I became a financial coach. So, so, and then I think like after that, I mean like that, that made me get more serious about like, you know what? I, I, I don't, I don't want people to have to go through this. I want people to have resources and I want to educate people. And then like the people I know is, it just feels like financial advisors is all about, you got to have money for them to actually um, help you. Yeah. What about people who don't have money, like which is like the majority of people, right? And then it's, it, it just makes me sad. When I start getting into the, the where I was trying to think, oh, wait, which part of financial profession do I want to go? Financial planner, financial advisor. So after interviewing several, I was like, they're just either interested to sell you insurance because they get commission or they want your money. And I'm like, what if I just want to learn? What if I have debt? Like, I mean, are you going to help me? Like, it was hard. Like, in my area, like, if you look at my area, I'm the only financial coach here. And I live in really? Silicon Valley. You are in I Silicon in- Valley and you are the only one? Yeah. No you way. look at Yelp, I'm the only one because, because people have money here. Therefore, there's more financial advisors there after people who have money. Yeah. But it, there's a lot of people with not a lot of money in Silicon Valley. And then they might make a lot of money, but they're still living paycheck exactly. to paycheck. As you say, your, yeah. mom, your mom didn't make much money, but she ended up mm-hmm. buying mm-hmm. stuff. But a lot of people actually may yeah. have a lot of money, but may equally have a lot of debt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like the, some people might just be managing their money, but they're not teaching them or like understanding you know what is the emotional reason why you spent a lot why they have so much money you cannot i mean you can't survive on that unless you have a lot of money well unless if they're really really rich okay fine then they can have the expensive lifestyle then that's fine but for the most part sometimes people who make good money they have all this money but they're very insecure one of my couple client right now they're feeling insecure they both make very good money they both have phds but they have five kids total between the two marriages mm. previous marriages they have so they have a big house an expensive area they have five kids that that's like education for five kids and then they spent a lot of money per month among all the bills and then so they're worried like even their millions of dollars is that going to survive them when they retire so mm-hmm. so then we're, we're trying to figure out like why are you why are you guys spending so much money because like they're not happy there's a difference when you're spending intentionally and you're happy with what you're spending versus when you're spending and end of the month you're like 
oh crap, then you're like feeling stressed. And it's like that that's not a way to live a fulfilling life. Then you're not you're not you're not using money intentionally in a good way. There's no good energy flowing through that. Mm. So we're we're currently working on that one. So mm. so that's just one perfect example of a current mm. client. Mm. I've had a lot of previous clients, but yeah, he they're still um and I'm very happy that they they reach out to me. But it, mm. it goes both ways. There's very rich people. Yeah. There's people who doesn't have money, but they pretty much have the same problem. Yeah. They don't yeah. have a good relationship. It's about yes, yes, having that good way. relationship and managing a relationship. One of the biggest problems that I see with purpose-driven entrepreneurs is that they got big ideas and great vision, but when you look at their brand, you can't see any of that, which means they are putting all this work, their heart and their soul into it, but they are not really seeing the return because nobody really knows what they do. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur, who is looking to position yourself as the authority in your field, attract your ideal client and impact the million globally, book a complimentary 30-minute mini-brand audit session with me today at francinebelay.com slash audit. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash audit. During this call, we are going to look at where you are with your brand, where you want it to be and together we look at the biggest things that are getting in your way and create a roadmap that attracts your ideal client and impacts millions globally. So I only have a handful of these free mini brands audit session each week. So book your complimentary call today at francinebelli.com slash audit because this 30 minute call can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see that as well. So go to francinebelli.com slash audit. What would you say to your current self? Because, you know, in back in 2008, you bought that house at a higher uh, market and which crashed. What about now during the COVID time? What would you be uh, telling people? Is it a good time to buy a house or wait or what would you um, be thinking of? Actually, so so I'm not a... a... I'm not an expert in the real estate market, but I've talked to uh, some people. Uh, well, not, not I'm no, not the realtor. Realtor will always want you to buy, but, but I talked to like a, a property manager. He owns houses all, all over the United States. So he was saying that because right now there's still a lot of government assistance. There's still stuff where in like you know you're not, you can't force people to to get out of your home, yeah. right? So I think that's still September in some cities. So so you might start to see market crashes like maybe after COVID. Mm. Like so so I if you can wait it might be better for you to wait it out mm. like even like January time frame when like mm. government assistance go down just see how it goes after covid stabilizes mm. because then i don't think the market's going to go up at, right now okay mm. so so <laughs> there's no rush in buying because it's not going up the only way it can go right now is going down first before it's going to go up or yeah. slightly down or like like the same so yeah. so don't be in a rush because the economy is not going to go up at the moment it's a worldwide economic problem <laughs> yeah 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 definitely yeah. we all feel that yes so yeah. now tell me uh let's go back to your spiritual belief that uh you said earlier you talked about the law of attraction and uh mm -hmm. other people also mentioned that so can you explain in your case how you use that and how you manifest things with your law <laughs> the law of attraction yeah yeah so so um okay so it took me a while actually to grasp what love attraction means because like they always say like i am rich and i'm like 
what I am not rich yet. Why should I say I'm rich? But okay, so here's the thing. So so love attraction is not a magnet. You know how magnets opposites attract? Love attraction is a is a like versus like. It's the same vibration will attract the same vibration. So for me, right, like before, like when I say I am rich, like how does that make you feel? So so pay attention how that makes you feel. If 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 you don't feel like oh like oh, like you're feeling like this like you don't really um believe it then that affirmation is not gonna work. But for me when I say I am rich it it makes me feel like relaxed like I actually believe it. I'm like wow I am rich like I love it I love the affirmation because like I love the affirmation I believe in it so I create this vibration. I'm going to attract more of the abundance. And I love being rich. I love money. And then that's why I always post on my uh, on LinkedIn or social media. Like, you know, you have to have create this affirmation. And then and some people, like, you will never be rich if you say, I am rich. And then you think rich people are evil. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Not all rich people are evil. So you have to pay attention to what you're thinking. Like, when I say, I love money, some people even quote me the Bible, like, Money is the root of all evil. And then I like that's not true either. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, money is just a tool. It's a tool that brings it's out the more love of, you. of like, money. That is the rule of evil. We know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also mm -hmm. like and then it's just a tool, really, mm -hmm. you know, like and then if, if if the person using the tool wisely, then of mm -hmm. course then money's gonna serve you. And if you're greedy, of course, then more money is gonna make you greedy, right? Mm -hmm. So it just brings out more of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And how do you help um, let's say some of the clients? Uh, who may you know you may be suggesting to use the law of attraction but who don't believe how would that work for 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 mm -hmm. you know those or how could you be able to help those mm -hmm. people who are not mm -hmm. you know fully into this law of attraction thing? uh you know what i never even bring up or say law of attraction i whatever i teach is teaching law of attraction so whether directly or indirectly because not all my clients are spiritual there are once in a while they are spiritual they're like they're like so into it. it's like oh wow i love that so we can talk about that but i don't even bring it up some people is just foreign to them but when i teach them you know when i say hey we got to have passive affirmation that is already teaching law of attraction indirectly so so i need to teach them passive affirmation so they can reframe because like you know our brain like we're so wired to think negatively i think it's just a human nature so so when you're thinking but you have passive affirmation you can only think one thought right so then you you say that then you don't have time brain brain power brain space to even think the negative thought so when you're starting to think of a negative thought, like what, what is the positive affirmation that you can say that will immediately shift you to feeling good, especially around money. So this works with anything in life, but I'm just focused on the money. But it's the same concept. You can use any anywhere in other parts of your life you're trying to change. Mm -hmm. And what would you say will be some of the, um, you know, um, you know, tools that you'll be using mm -hmm. to help people to shift their mindset around money mindset issues? Mm -hmm. To, to move forward with their life better. Yeah, so so it's usually um passive affirmation is one of them. And then usually when we start working one on one, for example, when they start budgeting, right? So like a lot of people just struggle, like you know, after the first week, they're like, Oh, I hate looking at my money. I hate looking at my debt. Then then we're gonna talk about that. It's like, why do you hate looking at your money? where did that come from? Why do you hate looking at the debt? And usually the more I ask questions about their student loans, about credit card, it it reminds them of their failure. Like, you know, like I'm like, oh, like I'm such a failure. I'm 40 years old and I have all this ten, twenty thousand dollar debt. So so we need to work on forgiving themselves, you know, like hey. 
what's done is that there's nothing you can do. What can we do now? So I help them reframe and forgive what happened and transform their relationship to the past or their story to that past. Mm, yes, I love that. Yes. So, um, so then um, what would you say, um, you know, uh, is the number one habit that people need to take today if they want to start to be good with money? What would you say is one of the best habits mm -hmm. to start having? Budgeting. That's <laughs> simple. Uh, budget. Everybody needs to budget. Unless you're like super rich, I don't know, like whatever, Bill Gates, whatever, that you don't need to budget. So, but then for most average people, which are all my clients, like, you know, so um, yeah, budgeting. Like I, I have even have an online budgeting course if you don't know where to start. I'm also offering a free webinar uh, July 24th. I mean, I can share you the link if you want, but when they register, so I'm going to talk about money mindset, also budgeting and mm -hmm. uh, in that uh, webinar. So at least just try to help people get started. And then like, you know, I mean, Budgeting is simple. Like you, you don't have to buy my course if you don't want to, but you can just start like, you know, just, I don't know, pen and paper, spreadsheet, whatever. There's multiple apps online, but I like using spreadsheet. And then the online course I teach is all based on my spreadsheet, the template that I use. And that's what I've used the past 10 years. Or you can even use Google Sheet. I mean, that's free if you don't have Excel. So whatever works for you, I mean, and you're, you know how you think, then use that tool. But it's very important you know, everything that goes in and out. And then I just posted something today about budgeting means you are the boss of money. You give each dollar a job. So that money is your employee. Don't be like, you know, after end of the month, you're like, oh, I don't know where my money goes. Oh my God, I don't know what my employees were doing. Like, oh crap. So you're, you're not being a good boss to your money. Right? I love so. that. I love that. You are the boss of your money. You need Ex to assign them a task and get exactly. them to go to exactly. work. Exactly. <laughs> you pay that bill. You pay that gas. Totally. You pay that. Okay, then don't do anything else, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. I love exactly, that. I love exactly, exactly. You are the boss yeah. of your money and people need to <laughs> exactly. hear that. <laughs> yes, yes. Great, mm -hmm. awesome stuff. So now tell me, um, what actually can we do right now to live a real life regardless how much money we make so um so rich to me means uh, you know it's not just money money is just really a tool to live a life you love but because people don't have a good relationship with money they're not able to live a life they love because like you have to admit almost everything in our life we need money right so so and and then um i mean there's no way you cannot live with money and say yeah. you'll be happy i mean like how many homeless people out there are exactly. really truly happy right mm -hmm. so so yeah i mean to live a rich life, yeah, you, you know, uh, first of all, you need to work on your relationship with money. The second, you know, you need to have like relationships, friends, and you need to have a good relationship with yourself too. Because if you're not, ha I mean, if you're not truly happy with yourself, no amount of money is going to make you happy. That's why like when I posted stuff like that, they say, you know what? Happiness comes from inside. No amount of money, whatever. I said, I said, yes, you need money to be happy, but you have to be happy first to be able to enjoy what money can bring you. Because like when you're happy and then you can buy the experience, you can go traveling, those can make you happy. But if you're not happy inside, you can buy all this stuff, beautiful house, and then you're not going to be happy. That's where people get confused because it starts with you first and money is there to supplement so you can have a more fulfilling and rich life. And then that encompasses everything. It's a holistic thing.
That is wonderful. Yeah. Very, very wise uh, advice. I think uh, definitely we definitely have to be, you know, happy with ourselves first because mm -hmm. no amount of external stimuli, whether money, relationship, yes. cars, yes. jobs, or whatever is going to make us happy if we are not yes. happy yes. in ourselves first. Exactly. Definitely, exactly. yes. You really, really, um, you know, yes. uh, bring some very good wisdom here. Now let's do some lightning round. I'm going to ask you some questions yeah, and you sure, give me sure. a quick answer so mm -hmm. when you travel do you select your flights by the cheapest flight or by the duration uh a combination of both so so i i posted something there's a difference between being cheap and being frugal i am frugal and there's nothing wrong with being frugal so so frugal is that you look at the time and money combined which give you the best back the best for it so like for example like uh we are house cleaner we pay 120 dollars and uh, and they say an hour that save us a whole freaking day and then like we don't even i mean like and then we're not tired because like when we were cleaning up we spent four hours and we're tired so we end up not doing anything <laughs> well 120 dollars give back a whole day so that is worth it for me. So you have to think of it in that way, like how much of this, is, how much time is gonna, gonna bring back to you. So you have to look at the time and the money and then figure out the overall cost of it and then how it's gonna save you overall. That's wonderful, yep. I love that actually. And your <laughs> distinction between being cheap and being frugal. <laughs> I love that distinction too. <laughs> cheap is all about save, save, save money. That's it, they don't think about anything else. <laughs> like That's and their priority. Frugal is being wise, doing the calculation and really making Time, sure looking at the time exactly. as well. Yes, that's, exactly. That's wonderful. Yep. <laughs> now, I am so generous, uh, Christine, that I give you $100 today and a laptop that is it that's what you have and i want you to make money for me how would you make money for me with hundred dollars and a laptop perhaps hundred dollars for you is too much <laughs> uh, uh -huh. yeah hundred dollars um if, if you ask if you're gonna give it to me to make money for i would yes. tell you to hire a coach <laughs> that's the best investment of all i mean no i'm serious like if that hundred dollars can buy you a coach or a course that's investing in yourself that is going to bring you back more dividends because if you just pay some okay make me money but then you don't really understand all of that so you're not really investing in yourself you're investing someone else making that money for you so i'm all about my model is i will teach you how to fish so I'm all about oh, you investing in yourself so you know what you're doing instead of relying on me or your coach because I want you to fly free. Like That's why like, I don't want you to be with me forever. I want you to be fly like a bird after our, our sessions and then just come to me when you have any big questions for paper session and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's <Yeah>. wonderful. <laughs> that's wonderful. You're going to invest that in hiring a coach. That's wonderful. And invest in yourself to reap much more mm -hmm. benefits. <laughs> exactly. Wonderful. And now, uh, what is your definition of financial freedom? Um, yeah, so so I feel I'm pretty financially free. So so I mean, people have different uh, opinions. They're like, oh yeah, financial independence, financial free is like I don't have to work, and then like there's passive income. I, I mean, for me, no. My definition is like uh, financial. Free, I'm doing what I love, and then like you know, I'm not like um, I'm not always stressing out of money. So I'm profitable, and then I'm living my a life I want. I'm living the schedule I want. I'm my own boss. I don't have to ask anyone for permission. I really hated it. I'm like a corporate <laughs> rebel. I'm like a corporate rebel. I'm like, there's this compliance, rules, policies. I'm like, 
really what's all this like no i want i want to call my own shots like like so so to me like all of this i tell you like that is my happiness i i free i'm financially free like i'm working because i love to work it's not because i have to and then like what am i gonna do if i don't have like i'm gonna be bored too if like people say oh yeah they don't have to work just passive income so maybe it's like traveling then they're doing something that doesn't make money but i'm doing something i love mm. and making money from it too <laughs> so that yeah. is that is the best of both worlds to me and i yeah. love seeing money coming in so it works out for me i'm gonna work till however long you know <laughs> till i can't work yeah. Till, yeah till like i'm like in my dead bed or something <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And then yeah. what would you say is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? So I'm doing my meaningful work. And meaningful work is like whenever after I finish a session, you you just feel a high. Like I am always drained when I after my session. And then what why why is that? Because I give it my all. I give more than hundred percent. That's why I can only do like at least mm -hmm. um maximum like three one hour sessions a day. Cause like I get very drained. I mean, I have a lot of short calls, like complimentary, you know, people prospects call. I can have that, it's, it's very short, but the sessions it's really draining to me. Mm -hmm. But it's a good draining. And mm -hmm. after that, like I have to nurture myself so I can give to my client again the next day. So that to me is a fulfilling life. Mm, that's wonderful. Wonderful, Kristen. Mm -hmm. Do you have uh, any last piece of guidance that you'd like to pass on to our listeners to do more meaningful work and live a more meaningful life? Yes. So, so, so yes, know yourself. That's very important. That's really, really know yourself. Find yourself. Like when people told me before, find yourself, I'm like, what do you mean find myself? I'm here. So <laughs> find yourself, find yourself means, <laughs> yeah, I, I like people could tell me, I was like, what are you doing? So nobody explained it to me. So I'm going to explain to you. Guys. So finding yourself means knowing, like pay attention to what you like, what makes you happy. So how do you do that? You pay attention to your emotion. Like when you do something, like, does it like make you happy? Does it inspire you? Like always do that. Then you, you know, your heart, tells you where where to go like you know finding yourself is like you're living a fulfilling life your happy life like i really believe you know everyone should be happy 90 percent of the time every single day 10 percent because we're human we're gonna have low emotion i mean that's normal right but 90 percent, i think it's important 90 percent, you have to be happy and how do you do that you follow where your good feelings take you and that means pay attention. Like me, I, I love hugging my dog and stuff like that. So I spend time, like, I love taking them to dog parks. So I always pay attention. I always do more of what I enjoy and then do less of what you don't enjoy. It, it's, it's really as simple as that. But too many people have all this programming telling them, oh, yeah, I got to work at corporate. I got to, like, <laughs> blah, 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 like, move up the ladder. Because it's a programming. Mm. But really, is that what your heart yeah. and your instinct Desire. is telling you mm -hmm. so i think always listen to your gut your heart and then you will always live a happy life and then mm -hmm. ever since I, I i i listened to that like i've always lived a happy life you know i mean mm -hmm. yes i have my 10 percent. i'm feeling low and stressed but that's just <laughs> no but 90 percent, i i'm i'm very happy with my life 90 yeah that's pretty happy. much yeah. good if you can live 90 percent uh, percent uh, your happy life that is yes. more than yep. the top one percent actually <laughs> yeah i world. mean that, that's just sad that mm. what does that tell you most mm. people don't don't know how to find themselves don't know mm. how to find what they want to do or they don't follow their heart or they mm. just so programmed, programmed yeah that they they you know there's all this junk in their head their ego that they 
it, it's very hard for them to connect to their heart yeah so yeah. It's, it's very very normal and then like mm. i really want everyone to be happy and then like part of what i do i do some sort of life coaching too because like when you're talking money is is around life so yes. it's, it's unavoidable i yeah. i talk about life with them too yeah yeah cool yeah. do you have some resources that you like to share um you know to live uh, our best life now yeah yeah sure sure go on my website you know teh financial coaching there's a tab called free resources so i have all my uh, podcast interviews and, and live stream because then I, I try to have as value on my podcast I try to have valuable content there it's got to revolve our money social media and life so those are that's why my podcast is called life and money with Christine so so those are the, my three main topics although it's gonna diverge with other stuff that I find interesting but hopefully that will give you value because I, I interview people on tax like the other day I interviewed a TikTok influencer she has almost two million followers so so stuff like that her, so it's yes. gonna yeah it's gonna <laughs> be around those topics yeah, that's wonderful. Now tell how our listeners can get in touch with you if they want to know more about you and when you hang out. Yeah, so I hang out a lot on LinkedIn, of course. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, find me by my full name, my per Christine Tay, T-E-H. So don't find me by my company page because I rarely post on the company page. But but my website is Tay, my last name, T-E-H, financialcoaching.com. And you can find me on Instagram too, Tay Financial Coaching. I'm also on YouTube and on Facebook. So anywhere, but my main go-to is LinkedIn. If you want, you know, then just, just connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I accept everyone. That is fantastic, Christine. I really had fun interviewing you and uh, having this conversation. And uh, thank you very much for all your wisdom and the gems that you shared with yeah. uh, our listeners. Thank you. I also had fun. Now you really woke me up. So I'm, I'm awake now and yeah. ready to start my day. <laughs> thank, thank you very you. much, Christine. All right. Thank you, Francis. Thank you for listening to this episode. The show notes of this episode of the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast. With all the references shared on the show and other relevant resources as well. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your love and support, Share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you hang out, because this will encourage me to keep bringing you an awesome show. So, and make sure that you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast. So you don't meet any episode and leave me a five-star review as well, because that will mean that a lot of other people can see this show and it will help me spread this message to many, many more people. So I will see you next week for another episode of the season seven. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.